A very warm welcome to you all. This is the Football Attic Kit Podcast. My name's Chris Oakley. And if football shirt collecting were an Olympic sport, this next man would win a gold medal every time, just prior to the inevitable inquiry by the IOC Anti-Doping Committee. It's Rich Johnson. Hello, Rich. What are you trying to say? Sorry, that was supposed to be Russian. That came out as blooming Count Von Count, didn't it? Von <laughs> Doping Test. Ah, ah, ah. Anyway, hiya. I'm good. How are you? Excellent. All the best for being here. And um, I suppose we should say up front, apologies that we've been away for three weeks rather than our usual two or we've been away an extra week whatever it is um for for reasons we'll just leave it at that um but um, but we are back 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 and uh just pleased to be back anyway um and uh well following hot on the heels of our last podcast where we had uh jay from designfootball.com as a guest uh, we have another special guest for you uh to continue the olympic theme he is to football kit design what bradley wiggins is to cycling uh, he's been at the top of his game for years he's as dependable as the turning wheels of a racing bicycle and he loves wearing lycra in public uh actually i made that last bit up um he's from truecoloursfootballkits.com john devlin hello john hello chris hello rich hello and that's that's the embarrassing introduction out of the way and welcome welcome aboard this humble little podcast of ours um good to have you on board um and uh well uh, basically what we've got coming up for you uh, a bit later on in the podcast we're going to be looking at uh euro 92 the the kits that were featuring in that tournament the the good the bad and the ugly you might say uh we've got another kit off vote for you and uh, giving you the results from the uh, previous uh, vote off that we had before uh but uh, before all of that as ever we should start off with some kit news uh, rounding up as ever some of the uh, new releases and bits and pieces that we've uh, found in uh, recent weeks john uh, we'll come to you first i mean i suppose um we're at that point in the year when the domestic season is, is about to start so the the rate at which new kit releases are coming out is slowing right down because most kit, most teams have got their new kits out but not everybody, I suppose, is that that would be the case. Definitely, there's there's always a few that kind of like pop up midway through the season. And one thing that's actually happened this week's been quite interesting is that normally the Premier League release a, uh, a handbook either in sort of printed form or as a PDF, and quite often it has all of the kits listed in there, including the ones that haven't yet been released and little little graphics of them that I think come from the suppliers. So any kit observer can look at that and go, ah, well, we know what that third kit's going to be like. But this year they haven't done that. So we've got like, I think it's Everton, Hull, and there's a a few other Premier League sides that haven't released third kits yet. And um, due to the Premier League sort of spoiling our fun, we can't we can't see what they look like now. So there is going to be some genuine surprises a little bit further down the line. I think there's, I think Stoke City maybe a third kit as well. I'm not sure, but definitely a few, a few thirds on the way, I think. Some interesting ones to come, yes. Um, sometimes, I do, is it just me? I mean, I, I still think to myself, do, does every team need a third kit? I mean, surely some teams can get away with just a home and away. Surely, do they really need to bother? But No, I, I was just thinking the exact same thing, Chris. And I think, well, it, it's obviously, it's all about the money these days, isn't it? Because, I mean, mm. like you say, when you look at it, if you design your home and away kits properly, there are probably very, very few teams that actually need a third kit. In fact, if you design mm. them properly, you could probably argue that, you know, what with like years ago when they didn't have third kits, you could probably get away with not actually having a third kit at all. But bearing mm. in mind we're in the land, we're in the sort of times of completely brand new kits, home, away and third every single year now, then obviously I can't really see that that's ever going to change. I can't see yeah. us going backwards. 
No, whether they need them or not is almost almost irrelevant, isn't it? And I think yeah. I think certainly in the past they they were third and often fourth kits, especially in the early seventies mm. when it was a bit of a bit of a free for all. Um, but of course, because they weren't marketed and and you know promoted as such, they kind of just faded into the ether. Nobody ever knew they were you know they might have been worn once or twice and that was it. But yeah, it's, it's definitely although some teams aren't you know i think burnley are one a side that don't often have a third kit so it's not it's not you know mm. not always a given i think it's possibly comes down to the club's mentality as well yeah yeah i mean i don't want to sound like somebody who's just discovered that i don't want to sound like somebody who's just discovered that third kits exist They're like well, my god <laughs> but i mean it just i'm thinking like as we were talking there earlier on i sort of thought stoke city i mean you've got your red and white stripes home this this season got a lovely pale blue away kit Very i'm nice. thinking well surely Surely that should cover all your all your bases, really. And and I know third kits are predominantly a commercial thing, but uh, you know I don't know. It just just seems strikes me as being a little bit superfluous. Uh, but there it is. Um, I've realised I've made that discovery far later than everybody else. Let's all move on, shall we? Um, anyway, so yes, yeah, so that's an interesting uh, bit of news. Uh, so I wonder if the Premier League are sort of getting a bit more cagey about releasing their details um, mm. as early as they have done in the past. But um, anyway, um, Rich, any kits that you've seen on the wires of late? No, I haven't seen any kits at all. Oh no, well I have. Yes. Uh, um, well, we, we've <laughs> as usual, we've we've pretty much raided football shirt culture and just nicked all the kids. And footy headlines. I mean, we haven't done that, definitely not. <clears throat> and, and pretty much in order by the look of it as well. Uh, so there's quite a few to go through. The first one up is SC Bastia. I think I've pronounced that right. I haven't got Jay to correct me because they're a French side. Um, and it's their third shirt. Now, SC Bastia, I, I, I have always liked a lot of their shirts. They're, they're always one of the ones that you see on classic football shirts. Uh, and, and in fact, I did own one until recently. I had a camouflage one that they did. Um, but I actually sold it. It's the only shirt I've managed to sell so far. Buy my shirts, please buy them. Um, <laughs> and this is a blue shirt. Uh, with their usual Oscaro logo across the middle, the sponsor. Um, but on the bottom of the shirt, <clears throat> they have uh, their badge as a massive sort of shadow print, which is kind of like a sort of mid-90s thing, really. You haven't seen that Ooh. for a while with just the actual okay. shadow print of the badge. But it looks really nice. It's a really nice shade of blue. Uh, and I've, is it gold yeah. trim it's got on the cuffs? I can't quite see. I think so, yeah. But it, it's it's just very nice. And it's it's a kind of... You know, the shadow print makes it interesting, but without being horrific. It's, I mean, some people won't like it, but I think it's very nice. Yeah, I think out of the three that they've released, I think that's the real corker out of the three. And uh, made by Kappa, I think I'm right in saying. Well, you'd, you'd need to query that, Chris. You're right, because, I mean, looking at that promo picture, Kappa branding is, is almost, you know, almost illegible. Isn't, you know, the, the logo oh, yeah. is so high up on the collar on the shoulder from that angle you can't you can barely see it so it's yeah. interesting how cap kind of like a pendulum they either go to like really excessive branding or really <laughs> subtle branding it's weird yes that is some um, kind of polarized sort of uh, <laughs> take yeah. on uh, how much they want to publicize themselves yes but a nice a nice kit nonetheless oh, a nice shirt i should say um one that i've seen or two really but um um based on the same template yes it's Nike vaporware time, everybody. Um, yes, and I can hear the rolling of many eyeballs as everyone goes, oh, God, here we go again. But um, as I think we might have said, if not on the last podcast, Rich, then maybe on the one before that, as much as everybody seems to be generally a bit fed up with the, with the Nike vaporware thing, 
it kind of does come down to how well the colours are used in each instance, uh, which is a decisive factor, factor as to whether it's a hit or not. And there's been two that have come out just in the last few days on the same template. One was Boca Jr.'s home kit, which is actually very minimalistic, very understated. Um, the usual colours, you know, dark blue with a, a golden yellow sort of band across the middle. That works well. Some people might say it's a bit plain and boring, but that works well because you don't really notice it's the Nike Vaporware template. It's very subdued. Um, at the other end of the scale, you've got the Shakhtar Donetsk away shirt for this season, but you didn't think we'd ever be referring to Shakhtar Donetsk on this podcast, but here we are. And their away shirt is white with orange sleeves, which I think looks terrific, if for no other reason than it harks back... Uh, to uh, those glory days of the early 80s when Luton Town had an Adidas kit, not dissimilar uh, to that. Uh, if you imagine that kit shot through a modern prism, that's what you get. And um, even though it's a bit more kind of out there than the Boca Juniors one I mentioned, um, it, it just shows how you can get two different looks purely based on the colour, uh, the colours that are used and how they're used. Uh, I particularly like that Sh- Shakhtar Donetsk one, um, actually. So that's one to keep your eyes open for, probably in the, if not the Champions League, then Europa League probably this year, I'm guessing. Um, any more, Rich, there you've seen? Uh, I was just going to say on the Shakhtar Donetsk one, it's 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 nice. I mean, I think you've, like you said, Chris, we, we've mentioned before that the, the Nike Vaporware template is <clears throat> entirely dependent on on how it's actually implemented because I really like the USA one. I think that looks really nice. Um, on both home and away, but and on so many others, it, it's just I don't know. I like the Shakhtar Donetsk one. It's just a bit, meh. it's a bit meh. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, the next one is the Bolton away, uh, which is uh, I really like actually. It's, it looks very very retro. Um, yes. It's a Macron one, um, and it's basically uh, sort of uh, it's a very overall light blue top, but it's kind of. Darker blue and light blue, very light blue uh, stripes, but they're actually they're actually different sizes as well. And it, it's not mm. a striped shirt, as in there's a stripe down the middle. It's a, like a halved stripe, if you see what I mean. So the stripe lines start at the neck. If, if I'm not explaining this very well, so in other words, <laughs> in other words, whereas a normal striped shirt, the 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 V neck would uh, bifurcate the. <laughs> <laughs> the what? stripe itself, but these the actual dividing line between the two different colours goes right down the middle, if you see what I mean. Can you explain that any better, John? You know what you're talking about. Um, I was just thinking, looking at that. Yeah, it's normally a stripe. The centre of the stripe sits in the centre of the shirt. But with this one, it's yeah. the actual edge of the shi- of the, the main stripe that sits in the centre. So it does look... It's, it's very different, isn't it? It's got a very different feel mm. to it. Um, do you know what? I, I like seeing Bolton in, in light blue. I think it really suits yeah. them. But I really don't like this shirt. There's something about it. I think it's the way that the stripes on the shoulders clash with the, the rest of the stripes and, and the, the sponsor logo. I know on this, this is clearly a Photoshop <laughs> mock-up, but it's, I don't know. I think well, it's a, it's a not, it's a not quite shirt for me. I think that one. This, this <laughs> is the thing that we mentioned with the last Bolton shirt is that the shirt's quite nice and then utterly ruined by the sponsor because it's that shitty yeah. spin and win logo again, <laughs> which I think is honestly the worst sponsor logo I've seen this season. Because we had the home shirt on the last podcast, didn't we? That's, yeah. um, that's where we, we destroyed that one. Yeah. But um, the thing is, again, the shirt itself wasn't too bad. It's just, it's utterly no. ruined by the logo. And the stupid thing is, this one actually kind of almost fits with the color scheme. The other one completely yeah. clashed with it. it. Was this kind of fits with it, but still looks awful because it looks so damn cheap. 
You might as well have like <laughs> 99p stores sponsoring yourself. Do you know, the other thing that put me off with this shirt as well, and I don't, yeah, I don't like to be overcritical, but when, when it was launched, and I think the launch of shirts is really, really important, and I think when we see leaked pictures, it, it really, you don't really get the majesty of some of these designs. But when the Bolton one came out, the photography was really bad. The shirts were <laughs> creased, they weren't hanging well on the models, on the players. And straight away, I just thought, oh no, it looks like they just knocked mm. it up, you know? I know it's, that is being harsh, but, it put me off the whole look of the shirt based on those launch photos. So if you have a look at them, you, hopefully you'll see what I mean. Yeah. I'm sorry to be um, unkind to the uh, fine people at Spin and Win, but um, I'm afraid your logo looks like it's been designed using word art in Microsoft Word. Um, <coughs> that's the best the best way I can describe it. I'm sorry, but it sort of needs to be needs to be rebranded. I, think, I, yes. I, company. I personally don't care about disparaging Spin and Win. They're a gambling company, so I'll, they'll take all the flat <laughs> that I'll throw at them. <laughs> it you may could need be worse. One day. It, it could only be worse by being Wonga or some other loan shark company. <laughs> or... You may be down to your last ten pounds one week, and you'll need someone to something to gamble on to, well, to that's try true. and yeah. increase well, actually, your income. Yeah, because those two things go hand in hand, don't they? you? What what down to Wonga? Get your fifteen hundred percent interest <laughs> loan, and they go and piss it up the wall at spin and win. <laughs> it's modern society in a nutshell. That is. <laughs> Look, if you're going to promote them, Richard, at least give them the web web address to our <laughs> listeners so they can. No. It's, anyway, it's no, no, no. dot com <laughs> and gamblingaddictsgiveusyourmoney.com. dot com. That's Have I got those Johnson right? Of the football addict kit podcast. Other gambling um, slash loan shark companies are available. <laughs> uh, well, moving on swiftly, um, John, the new Leeds United home shirt has come out, and it's a, it's a Kappa one, and I think it's a beauty. It's another one of these very pared down, very plain white kind of uh, out- designs, outfits, call it what you like, and um, I think it looks fantastic because of the fact that there's very little extra periphery put on there other than the yeah. badge and whatever what do you think totally agree i think i mean i'm sure all kit fans have their favorite companies and capra one of mine i i Mm. I really love capra kits and always have done i think this is is brilliant i think leeds kits they've got such a good color scheme haven't they but they where they fall down in the past is when they've become over fiddly and what capra have done Mm. so beautifully since they took over last year is as you say pair it right back down most Leeds fans they're one of those one of those clubs that are known for having you know that that purity Although, of course, ironically, yeah. when Admiral came in, that all changed. But <laughs> they've gone right back to that early kind of values of the of the kit here. And it is. It's lovely. Really nice. Little delicate um, collar, but very tidy, isn't it? It's not, it's not big and flappy. Yeah. It's quite a tidy little thing. And, uh, yeah, good. Sponsor logo is very big, though. But I think it's good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, I'm not sure if it's only Kappa that's doing this. And that little sort of, uh, as you say, the very minimal... Um, low profile collar, but uh, have seen a few of those mm. around, and um, it's it's quite a nice look. That it's just it's not the full flappy collar from the seventies. It's not kind of in between. It's just a it's kind of gone to the other extreme. But it's it, it shows you can adjust the size of certain elements on a shirt like that, and and it still looks good. You know, it has to be done right, and I think this one has been done well. Yeah, and I think I mean obviously more modern shirts. I think looking at the last. Um, the last Euros, I think there was was there only one team with collar, or maybe it wasn't even any. I can't remember now. But the oh. collars have definitely gone out of fashion a little bit. But this is a way yeah. to show how they can work. I don't know if it's the extra fabric weight. I don't know what the the reasons for that would be, or whether it's just a style thing. But um, no, I think yeah, Capra are doing a really good job here. 
Yes, uh, indeed. And um, and bigger bigger cuffs, which is also seems to be a thing at the moment. Yeah. Are you rich? Uh, yeah. Are you there? I was, yes, I am. Sorry. Uh, I was just going <laughs> to say, um, I, I, I found that when Leeds got relegated, um, they seemed to sort of lose their identity. And they always had quite sort of strong kits. But I found that mm. when they went, it just seemed to coincide when they got relegated. They, I think it was when they, they joined it with Macron, didn't they? I think when they, they had some first. had some ad- admiral ones first of all, um, and they yeah. weren't they weren't so great, I have to say. No, and it, it just mm. seemed to be that when they started including a lot more blue and yellow on it, but it just looked cheap. It seemed to be like the almost the mm. wrong shade of blue. It just seemed a bit. It, they all look really cheap, but the last two shirts they've had, Leeds ones, have been absolute crackers. Mm. Yes, indeed, I agree. Um, if we're um, talking about colour, then um, we have to really kind of go way out and off the scale when we take into account the Liverpool third shirt, uh, which has uh, been released, and it is in a, uh, what should we call it, electric yellow, or vault, as uh, as is uh, known to some people, I suppose. Uh, it's basically a shirt with a, a kind of black upper panel on the chest, black, uh, the black panel goes down the sleeves, a bit of white edging to that, and then I say the rest of the shirt is this kind of a very bright, uh, almost uh, luminous kind of yellowy-green colour, and um, all your usual Liverpool periphery on the shirt there, New Balance logo, black in black, as is the Liverpool badge and the standard charter logo. Um, quite a quite a bold look. I suppose it's it's nicely executed for what it is. Um, John, any particular view on this? Is it is it um, you know a, a pretty good as these luminous colours uh, coloured shirts go? Yeah, it's okay. I think. I mean, I quite like luminous shirts. I think they serve a real purpose and they they do what they're supposed to do on the pitch, which is you know mark make a marked difference between you and your and your opponents. My only problem with this one, I mean, with with luminous colours, I like it if they stick within roughly the same palette the club has, if you know what I mean. Mm. Which it does, of course, with with sort of yellow being part of the Liverpool uh, kind of colour range, if you like. My only issue yeah. with this, it looks like a goalie shirt. I think the way that the black is applied, um, especially going across the shoulders and sleeves, it, it it just says goalkeeper to me. And I'm struggling to get past that. I can't see it mm. as an outfield shirt. But... It's okay. It's okay. I, I'm I'm quite warming to New Balance. I quite like what they're doing, but this one doesn't feel like an outfield shirt to me. <laughs> yes, interesting point. That um, Rich, your views on that one? I think it's boring. It's, oh come on, you know, it just seems unimaginative. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a third shirt. Let's make it black or lime. I mean, it's just oh come on, <laughs> and it's it just I don't know. It just looks really dull. I literally have no dull in that colour. Yeah, well, that's the funny thing. I mean, that's the stu- that's the ironic thing, isn't it? It's like it's bright lime green, white and black, but it's dull because I don't obviously mean dull as in the shininess, the finish of it. I mean, it's just the the idea of it. It's just a boring shirt, and it's I don't know. It feels lazy. It just everything seems to have gone lazy with the sort of third shirts. I mean, I know. Again, yes, you've got to come up with three brand new shirts every year, blah, blah. But then at the same time, it's, I don't know, I just feel like <clears throat> going for deliberately, seemingly, what would have been classed as shocking colours has now become almost passe. And I just think mm, yeah. having luminous shirts or something is a bit, I don't know, it's a bit unimaginative. It's it's almost like we're trying to be like, oh, look at this, it's a radical shirt. And you just think, well, maybe about five years ago or ten years ago it would have been, but not now. It's just boring. Hmm. Is my opinion. I'm just looking I'm just looking I've just noticed that there seems to be some kind of shadow pattern. It, I thought it was just stripes 
but it's I can't actually see what it is. Maybe I need to expand the uh, picture on my screen. I can't really make out what it is. I'm sure there's probably listeners uh, who know what that is, um, but there seems to be some kind of textured pattern kind of sh- shadow yeah. stripe on there. Um, but um, anyway, um, we're probably doing it a disservice by not uh, going into that sort of detail. Probably if Jay or somebody was here, he'd sort of say, oh, that's, uh, that's so-and-so. Uh, at the moment, at this no, point, we don't know what that layers. is. Oh, of course, that's right. This was this. <laughs> He would do. Um, anyway, there you go. Not a bad effort, really, but um, I think I think they could do a bit better. It looks familiar to me. I'm thinking it, of where I've seen that, you know, lime, yellowy, green, and black kind of thing going on is last time I went on holiday and I was sort of waiting for my flight at the airport. I looked out onto the runway and there were all these people sort of wandering around <laughs> on the tarmac wearing these kind of high-vis uniforms. I think that's kind of probably where I've seen it before. Oh, actually, it's quite, because I mean, it is, it is more lime actually than yellow, isn't it? I didn't realise it was yeah. as, as lime as it was. Wasn't that a problem when uh, Sheffield United, they wore the first fluorescent shirt, fluorescent, luminous shirt, if I remember. And wasn't yes. there a problem there with stewards on the touchline? Yes. There was, I, do you know what? I was there to witness this. I was, um, oh. well, I say that particular one. I, uh, certainly one instance. I went to a, a, an FA Cup fourth round tie. I think it was about, probably about 10 years ago now at Upton Park. Um, West Ham v Sheffield United and Sheffield United were wearing their away kit which was a luminous kind of orange colour and uh, the West Ham faithful started shouting out team full of stewards you're just a team <laughs> full of stewards and because of the similarity to their uniform so that therein you have uh, the uh, the risks that are, that, that are there um, anyway rattling on a bit quicker um, Arsenal uh, they've brought out their away kit which is uh, familiar yellow um, but with black sleeves and sort of black and yellow striped cuffs, more of those sort of big wide cuffs that we're seeing, as I say, um, this year, black collar, um, and a shallow V-neck on that made by Puma, as you uh, would probably expect, given the fact that that's their kit supplies these days. And, um, I think that looks quite nice. Yellow with black sleeves. What sayest the two of you? I like it. I think it looks very nice. It's, I think Puma have actually, hit a rather nice sort of vein of form with Arsenal. I, I, hmm. <clears throat> I've never that impressed with a lot of Puma stuff that they come out, especially with the stuff they've done with Newcastle, which have mostly been awful. But <clears throat> I think the last two seasons for Arsenal uh, have been really nice kits, both home and away. And I think this is very nice. It's kind of a, a sort of an extension of the one they had when they won the FA Cup recently. They're kind of, but obviously swapping the, the sort of navyish blue for black. Unless mm. that's just a very, very dark blue, but I don't think it is. But yeah, I think it's really nice, and I like the collar, uh, the cuffs on it. it. I think it's just a very nice shirt. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it as well. I think it's actually, it's it's that kind of funny shade of grey. Do you remember Nike did a uh, an Arsenal shirt in yellow and, and a, a dark grey in about two thousand and five? So it took the classic yeah, kind of Arsenal yes. away palette. It's actually, I think, it's actually that colour. It's difficult because yeah. a lot of the photos, there's one photo here and it looks gold rather than yellow I'm seeing. So, but I oh. think it is, that's the shade it's, it's going for. Um, it's, it's almost like a stone gray, isn't it? I think, but no, yeah. I think it, I think it does the trick. And I think, as Rick said, Puma have, have really sort of done brilliantly. I think it's, they're modern, they, they get that real, which is, as I'm sure I've bored you with before, it's, it's my kind of philosophy for good kit design, traditional and modern at the same time. And, and that's what yes, they've done yeah. with these. It's, um, this is what we've it's... we've said that before about a lot of Puma templates. Puma seem to end up hitting on a template that just really works, 
It does, um, yeah, totally, so think, yeah. Yeah, they they seem to be king of templates. Puma and when uh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> and when they go when they go to town for their kind of the the uh, the the last, the contracted shirts, if you like, rather than team wear, they again they do the job there as well. And I think uh, yeah, all the all the Arsenal shirts I've seen have been have been pretty good. Last year's a little bit rocky, but this one I think really does look look good. And I think the third mm-hmm. shirt complements it quite well as too, which is almost that's a darker shirt with the uh, the yellowy trim on there as well. So yeah, no, it's good stuff. This is a nice one, that. Um, uh, Rich, you've picked out the Galatasaray home kit. Oh, or home yes. shirt, at least. And I think I've got an idea why why you may like this one. <laughs> do tell. Uh, is that because it looks a bit Denmark 86 <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, basically, this is another Nike vaporware template. And again, actually, mm. to be honest, I, I, I think if I would begrudgingly say I actually do like the Nike vaporware template because <laughs> I think the, their show, this sort of shows the versatility of it because... Basically, this is nothing like any other Nike vaporware template that's out there that I have seen. He adds qualifyingly quickly, um, <laughs> because it's it, it's the same generic sort of look. So it's got that same sort of band around the neck, and then you've got the different colour sleeves. But this is well, it's 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 half and half basically. So you've got the the left the chest that the left chest panel. Uh, sorry, side is a sort of browny colour, and then the the other half is a kind of orangey colour. But they're actually horizontal. I suppose not really pinstripes, but very very thin horizontal stripes. So to the point where actually, when you look at this picture, it actually looks like it's been taken off a computer monitor, and you've got all that kind of weird <laughs> sort of a weird arcing going on on the thing. Um, which I also yeah. noticed on the Inter Milan home shirt. It took me several times to see whether that was actually a trick of like you know kind of a kind of picture taken on a computer monitor, or, or it actually had a pattern on it, and it does. Um, and so this just looks really nice, and obviously it's Galatasaray colours. Um, and it, I, I really, really like it. I think it's a really, really smart shirt. And actually, like I say, it's kind of making me warm to that template because I'm liking the fact that the necks on these shirts are, you know, that, well, there is no neck, but I like the fact it's a V-neck like that. I think it's just, it looks like a nice, lightweight, comfortable-to-wear shirt. Damn you, Nike. Yep. John? Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm not as convinced on it as, as Rich is. I, I, I do, I fluctuate with, with this, with this Nike business as well. I don't really know, <clears throat> I've never got to the bottom of why they've issued the same basic design for everything. I've not managed to find that out. Um, yeah, that, that kind of like TV monitor feel bothers me slightly. I don't know. Find- I really, I've got to, I've got to study this one for a lot longer, but I'm not so sure with this. Yeah, not so sure. What, 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 I wonder, wonder what colour the socks are. Is it the old, do the socks clash again like the other ones or? I don't know if you've I'm not seen sure. those. What colour the socks are actually? No, normally. You're the one that found this, Rich. Come on. Well, they only had we the, need the shirt, details. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's, it, hmm. I'm not going to say I'm just, <laughs> I'm just wondering that, that kind of strobing effect. If, it, you know, given the time on a tradition, I just wondered during a match, you're going to get members of the opposing team coming up and giving you a whack to see if it kind of fixes well, the. The thing, <laughs> is, though, the thing is, though, that strobing effect is literally because of the size of the picture. I've just expanded the picture where you can see it's actually just ah, like horizontal better. stripes. Well, yes. What would it be like on, in action on the pitch, though, I wonder? I mean, presumably uh, they've yeah. actually tested that, but it'd be interesting to see what the effect is in, uh, in real life. Hmm. It's interesting. You, you, yeah. you've, you've effectively, if you sort of squint at it, you've basically got four different colours on that shirt. Mm. You've got dark 
whatever it is, um, like claret. Then you've got a sort of gingery brown colour. Then you've got a regular brown, and then uh, amber on the other side. So it's yeah, it's that it's that kind of use of pinstripes and and alternating colours and stuff like that. So uh, I, I think like there's it, only three colours on there, Chris. Hmm? I think there's only three colours on there. No, but you know what I mean. You've got it, some it looks solid. Like it. Yeah, you've yeah. got two solid colours and two sort of intermediate colours, effectively. If you squint. That's squeak. right. No, you're right. Mm. Although Interesting they're one. Just a, they're just a combination of of widths of the other colours, aren't they? Yes, so I know what I mean. Even if colours. nobody else does. It's only two colours, <laughs> other than white, and maybe black for the actual 1905 bit. Yes. All right. All right. <laughs> we must move on. Last, How many colours last... have we got in the next one, Chris? <laughs> well, you tell me. You're the expert. Ooh, um, <laughs> ooh handbags. <laughs> um, well, it depends what you define as colour. If you're the sort of person that says white and black aren't colours, then you have no colours in this, other than the Chevrolet. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yes>, folks, <coughs> well, this he's is talking the... about the Man U third shirt. Yeah, I mean, this is an odd one. It's Well, Man United seem to have that kind of whole hexagon thing going on, because they've got it down the middle on the new home shirt. And this is basically, they've... they've I, I, is that supposed to be like a kind of almost like a? I think it's is that their new three stripe style logo because it's it kind of if you look mm. at it it's actually three different shades on the on the yeah. sleeves which they're basically sort of faded hexagons. It looks like a kind of um, like kind of picture of some atoms or something. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a kind of close up of newsprint or something like that. Mm. That kind of strange and monochromatic thing going on. Again, I know what I'm talking about. Don't expect you to to, to be able to understand. So just to, if you've got any questions, just contact me. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I think I like it. I, I like it because it's original. That whole faded hexagon thing going along the shoulders and sleeves. Um, so that full marks for that. Well done, Adidas. Um, but it's clearly a bespoke thing they've done just for Manchester United, and I suppose in white and black it doesn't look too bad. Um, what are your thoughts, John? Yeah, I'm I'm very much in favour of the of what Adidas have done just lately. I like the fact that they've finally decided to move the three stripes from the shoulders, which, as you guys will know, has been a bugbear of mine for years. So I'm a big <laughs> fan of what they're producing at the moment. I think this is really good. It's it's again, it's different. It's it's got a different feel. It's got that slate kind of slate grey again, isn't it? It was similar to the mm. Arsenal colour. The hexagons, I believe, I looked at this the other day, comes from the official coat of arms for the city of Manchester, which has a that's worker right. bee in it, and the honeycomb graphic comes from that. So I think that's yeah. that's quite quite nice the way they've got that in with the home shirt and done it again on here as well. Hmm. Monochrome badges, a lot of people have a problem with them. I think it, it, you know, it works. I think it's, um, it looks good and it's, uh, yeah, again, it's, it's a traditional color, but given a new spin, isn't it? So it's, it's white, but with a bit of oomph. I was going to say on the monochrome badge thing, I don't have an issue with that, uh, except the fact that the Chevrolet logo is then in color. It's like, yeah, if you're going to do that, then color the badges and the Adidas. I mean, I think, for instance, if if the Adidas logo had been red and the, uh, the, badge had him in full colour, it would have been a nice balance to the front of the shirt. But the yeah. fact that the only colour on it is the gold of the Chevrolet logo. But I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure Chevrolet didn't have anything to do with that. I'm sure I, th- I think that as, there was as, definitely as, no conversations there. <laughs> I think aesthetically it looks great with that with that gold. But I do know what you mean. I mean any shirt is a it's a kind of a battle, isn't it, between three different identities and and in this case the Chevrolet one screams louder than any of the others. Yeah. 
Yep. Indeed, indeed. Um, that pretty much wraps up the kit news for this week. But we did just want to have a um, uh, an honorary mention for two uh, kits that have come out since the last podcast, since we were seen as we were away for an extra week. One of them being uh, West Ham's third kit, which is a uh, tribute and a salute to uh, Thames Ironworks, which is essentially it's a very dark, almost a black kit, but it's a sort of, again, dark grey um, with a kind of Union Jack motif on one breast. And all other detail um, basically reduced to being the same colour as the rest of the kit. Therefore, you can't see it from a distance unless you, if you get closer to the shirt, you can see the Betway logo, you can see the uh, uh, the Umbro logo and so on and so forth. It's done in the same colour, but in a slightly shinier kind of um, texture, um, sort of sublimated onto the shirt, I think. Um, and it's terrific. I think it's, it's, once again, another Umbro West Ham kit that's um, been given a lot of thumbs up from people because of the fact, much like that Celtic shirt that we mentioned on the 50 Greatest Football Shirts last year, uh, all, you know, the, the, the vast majority of the technical detail on the shirt is in the same colour as the background colour of the shirt. Therefore, basically saying, look... You know, we don't have to be commercial, upfront commercial all the time. We can kind of go purely with styling here. Um, and I just think it looks terrific, that one. And um, also the Man City away shirt, um, the was it black with sort of wine-coloured sleeves and bright yellow socks? Mm, that's another polarising one, I think. Um, a bold, is that, is that a, a vaporware kit. template as well? Mm, that's a, like that it. is yes, the yeah. Nike vaporware template. I, I, gonna say, is, I was going to say, is any shirt that Nike releases you not a, va- a vaporware template? No. I, I, <coughs> all are, as far as I can see. Yeah, that, that is a bit. I heck. think, I think that colour scheme is fine, but not for Man City. I think it would work for another team. Um, but I think just I don't know. I know it's the kind of distillation, if that, if you like, of the old black and red. That Man City used to wear away from home years ago. It, I think it's not badly executed, but I just don't think it fits with Man City. I think they should have maybe had a different colour away from. I think what's home. what's interesting with that. I mean, there's quite a few Man City fans that I speak to online, and and they all want black and red as their away colours. Mm. Why that isn't being delivered, I, I don't know. And, I, and that's that seems to be where we're at a little bit at the moment. You've got some companies mm. that don't don't seem to be wanting to giving to give fans what they actually want, and I, I don't understand that. We've got black and red as an away kit. And that's not a Nike vaporware template. No, either. it's not, actually. It's the other Nike template that's doing the rounds everywhere as well, that stripy <laughs> one, which uh, yeah. I think it's Colin Ford loves. He, it's his favourite template ever. But, of course, that's the difference, isn't it, between the, the Nike kind of supplied teams and the um, and the teamware ones that are just picking them from a catalogue. Yeah, exactly. So, but the West Ham one, well, big fan of that, yeah. Really yeah, nice look there. I don't think we'll see it very often. I think it'll only get worn a couple of times, probably in the season to come. But nonetheless, a nice one. It'll probably get worn on an anniversary of something or other. Um, but uh, a nice one to have. I think the white away shirt, uh, yeah, the white away kit, uh, will um, cover uh, most of the uh, you know scenarios when it, when it comes to colour clashes. This year we've got a dark kit and we've got a, a light kit. West Ham. So I think that's that's all fine. Uh, that should uh, suffice. I think in most cases. Anyway. Um, we will uh, move on now to our main topic of discussion uh, for this podcast and following on from the last one where we were uh, looking at the kits from Mexico 86. This time we've gone for another tournament and uh, a smaller one in scale, one might say, and that is Euro 92. Uh, Euro 92 being a tournament that featured only eight teams back in the days. Can you imagine when uh, there wasn't uh, such a, a multitude of teams taking part in a tournament? But yep, back then, just the eight teams. 
Uh, two of them, England and Scotland, so a big focus from the UK perspective. Um, but um, a heavy Adidas influence, I think it's probably fair to say, in, um, in terms of that tournament. Um, I'll come to you first, John, if I may. Um, when you think of that tournament... What is the first thing that comes to mind in terms of the kits? Oh. Immediately strikes you. <laughs> when I think <laughs> I of that think tournament, my, well, no, when I think of that tournament, my first thought is it's when I had my first ever widescreen telly. But that's that's another matter. Ooh. But um, <laughs> no, I um, yeah, <laughs> not the answer. It's, I was it's a little, it's a little bit. It's a little you bit. You had of a black widescreen hole. telly in 1992. I think it was 92, or it might be 96. Let me let me put it this way: in in Euro ninety two, sure. one of the pitch side advertising boards you would often see is Intel four eight six. Now, come on, John, be honest. Did you or <laughs> did you say, not have it a widescreen? It wasn't TV? even filmed in widescreen. <laughs> well, no, I'm, actually, do you know what? I have. I think you're right. It was ninety six. I always get those euros mixed up. Yes, it was ninety six, and I got my first ever widescreen telly. No, ninety two. Have you had your pills that, today, John? That, that just that just proves my point. It was a black hole, kit wise. I think. I think it was a forgotten yeah. era. Um, we're looking back on them again now. It's it's incredibly remarkable how unremarkable the kits are. Um, well, there's very little to shout about and praise there, I think. Well, yeah. And that brings to an end that feature. So we move on now <laughs> yes. to the end of the show. Well, to be fair, that, that was why I suggested Euro 92. Because I remember at the time, my memory of Euro 92 was that I didn't like most of the kits. And I wanted to kind of revisit it and see if if that's changed over the years. And from the notes that I've made on it, what would you say my opinion is? There was a lot of swearing involved. I know that, actually. <laughs> Clearly, it put you in a bad mood. I, yeah, big... well, uh, time hasn't changed my opinion on most of the kits from this tournament. But the big thing, of course, was the shirt numbers, wasn't it, on the front of the shirts? That was the yeah. the real key. I, I can't remember. I remember and the names publicity. on the backs. The name, was it names on the back as well? Yeah. I well, remember yeah. the publicity for, sh- for shirt numbers on the squad numbers on the front, but I can't remember what the rationale was. There was some really great reason why, uh, UEFA decided to do it. But, um, yeah, that was oh. the big, and of course that was it. We've never looked back, have we? Well, I suppose no, in theory you had to have squad numbers at that point because, um, obviously if you're going to have the names on the back, then it, you can't just hand that shirt to any old Tom, Dick or Harry, can you? You've got to have, mm. A consistent number and name combination, unless you're well, going to print a, them on the fly. I think there's <laughs> always been squad numbers in the main tournaments. Has that been yeah, the case of the Euros was, as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty but, sure. Um, yeah, because I say they definitely had them at the Italia 90 squad numbers. But of course, it adds. It just adds to the visual clutter, doesn't it? And, and we're, with numbers mm. on the shorts as well, was that the first mm. thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's it is remarkable looking back how many of these shirts I, I would challenge fans of the countries involved to remember and think oh yeah i remember that one now because <laughs> it's it, they do seem to have disappeared i mean the scotland one from my perspective i didn't think it was one of their greatest it's a time when uh umbro you know collars have been back in for a little while and umbro had obviously not resting on their laurels decided to make all these collars even more convoluted and complex and mm. the the scotland one for example had a big kind of white rectangle at the front of the shirt that just looked it just didn't work uh it, the only time it looked good is if you pulled the collar really apart and then it it, it looked okay but it, it just seemed like the kits were a little bit too a little bit too sure of themselves or trying to be too clever i don't know i don't know that's, that's yeah. the feeling i got looking back on them you know yeah 
I'm, I make you right on that one. Yeah, it's, um, it's a, I don't mind that kit actually, the, the, the Scotland kit for that, for the Euro 92 tournament. Um, but not, I wouldn't say it's one of their best. Mm. Uh, I th- in fact, I think the one they had before and the one they had after was fine. The one they had after was the Tartan kit, which I think might be my favourite ever Scotland kit, possibly. Um, but the one before it, uh, that they wore during the 1990 World Cup, I think was, um, a nice, a, a really well executed kit. As you say, I think it was, we were reaching that period John, where manufacturers were just trying to squeeze the last few drops out of the lemon, like what what else can we put into a kit that gives it a bit of interest and a bit of yeah. technical, I don't know, depth, should we say? And and sometimes it didn't quite come off. Like you had this strange, slightly rakish kind of stripe across one leg of the shorts, which was kind of very of its era, I think. Yeah, well, Longbow were very. They're all into the um sort of asymmetrical look back then which I actually quite liked I thought that that worked quite well and added added a lot of interest I think football certainly in the UK since Italia 90 it was a bit of a renaissance wasn't it because the the Premier League was about to start I don't know what effect that had on the rest of the rest of Europe but it's it's certainly interesting looking back that they're all a little bit too sure of themselves these kids and they they fall down and the other interesting thing um is of course that England wore the same kit as Italia 90 which was would be unheard of now (laughs) <laughs> and um, thankfully, I know you've got thankfully uh, though we were kind of anonymous at the tournament so no one really noticed <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was a strange one that, but of course what added to it was having the red numbers on the front and that suddenly you suddenly thought hey well, same shirt but there's something different about this and it was that kept catching my eye I remember during that tournament there, there was something different as well Jay pointed mm-hmm. it out This uh, the yes. English shirts had Umbro in all capitals and on That's the shirt right. And yeah. that's about the only difference. Because uh, the logo however, changed, didn't it, midway uh, through? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It also ha- it was also graced with the likes of Carlton, <laughs> <laughs> Carlton Palmer. That's that's how you pronounce his name. It's like John Barnes. You can only pronounce Carlton Palmer. Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> what do you can think of the um, the uh, obviously yeah, the Adidas ones <clears throat> that were there were mainly all the Adidas equipment range. What do you how do you think they've dated looking back? Terrible. Well, I. <laughs> I'm convinced I'm probably still one of only about four people on the planet that actually quite likes them. Um, I, I, I've said it before on our podcast, but I just felt that they were really great. It's like a, a new broom sort of sweeping away mm. some of the old stuff. And, and the fact that it was simple and bold, okay, it was never necessarily going to be a design classic because it's probably a bit too bold for most people. But I just felt like it was exactly what was needed to just freshen things up a bit. And... I think I mentioned this again. I can't remember if it was the last podcast or the one before, but Rich, we had a discussion about how certainly for me when I was a kid, I would be watching lots of football on TV and I'd see lots of games, lots of matches, players, etc., 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 and I would think I'd have a set image of a particular kit design in my head singularly whereas actually i know now with the fullness of time what my brain was doing was kind of merging lots of similar ones together so therefore that all the adidas team uh adidas equipment designs we were seeing in euro 92 i thought it was one template for all mm. the teams but of course there wasn't sweden had three blocks over the shoulder uh three adidas blocks over the shoulder and three coming up from the from one leg of the shorts um, you had France, which had this, what I call a kind of bolero effect, which is sort of like the three blocks coming over both shoulders, nothing on the shorts and so on and so forth. But at the time I was, I thought I was seeing one, one template, but, um, mm. I actually, I actually really liked them because they're just nice and unfussy and, and nice and bold, obviously a bit too much 
of a nod towards Adidas and their and their marketing and their logo and branding. But um, but for all that, quite nice because you get a good strong sense of colour. Like the Sweden, you've got a predominantly yellow shirt. There's no fussy detail, just those three blocks on the shoulder, a little dash of blue, and so on and so forth. So I like them, but I know Rich um Rich has been public in his uh, comments about it. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is that I I, I didn't like this template. Uh, I never liked it from the word go. I just thought it was too... I, I can't even describe what it is about it. I just think it's <laughs> too simplistic. And I don't mean minimalistic. I just mean it's like, it just strikes me as lazy. I didn't like the fact that the, the collars were the same. You know, there the virtually mm-hmm. is no collar. There's no cuffs or anything. It just struck me as... And it just struck me as over overly done for Adidas. Because obviously it's just like three massive... It's basically an Adidas logo. You know, that's what it yeah. is. Um and the funny thing is, is like, I, I think I've, I've previously mentioned how a USA 94, um, was obviously the evolution of that template and, and slightly different. And I hated it, but actually I've come to like that template because I think mm. it's balanced and it actually looks nice. And, um, and yeah. especially for Sweden, to be honest, but I still hate this template. There's something about it I just don't like. And the what France one, I just, I, the France one, I just think is awful. I just think it's a crappy template to start with. And I didn't like, the Adidas shirts of the early nineties, which had the th- sort of thick shadow print um, three stripes running through them too. Yeah. I just think it looks cheap. On, I John. think, yeah, I think you, you do make some really valid points there. I think the the France and the CIS template, I agree with Chris, it doesn't work as well. The Swedish one, I think, looks really good. My problem looking back on them, design wise, I love them, and I, I don't know if they're lazy because actually it takes guts to sweep away all the fiddliness and, and as Chris mm. said, that completely fresh look. Um, it takes real guts, design guts to do that rather than just keep going on to the nth degree. So by going back to basics and going back to almost like a, you know, square one, it was a, it was a different, totally different approach. Of course, when you look at it, Adidas had just changed their logo to this Adidas equipment, which we kind of have a derivative of today. Um, and it is typically Adidas really. It's a case of them really reinforcing that new brand. The old, um, yeah. the old classic kind of trefoil style logo had gone only to be used in vintage wear. Um, so really what they were doing, they were really hammering hammering their brand, their new branding down the uh, yep. the throats of everyone else. But I yeah. think it was, I think it was a brave move, an incredibly brave move. My only kind of criticism of them is that it, it disrupted the colour balance between shirts. So with Liverpool's yeah. one, for example, Liverpool were red, but now they were like Middlesbrough style, red with quite a bit <laughs> of white. And that's yeah. where the... The design fell down a little bit in my view, but again, it was, it was trying something different. And, um, yeah, it's something, but as I say, I think the Sweden one especially works better than the, the Russian, the CIS and, uh, France. Yeah. The CIS one as well. I mean, like, I have made the comment, which is perfectly countered by what you said here, Chris. I mean, I've just said about the CIS, it's like, um, probably cobbled together in haste due to the, uh, inverted commas country, uh, being relatively newly formed. It nevertheless looked dull. Uh, and CIS in italic caps as a badge. <laughs> so had all the artists been disappeared in the 91 coup? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, if you think about it, being a kind of, um, the, the follow on from the sort of Soviet Union, you remember the Soviet Union kits used to have in big letters, CCCP. Oh. 
and yeah. and and then suddenly this CIS kit's got like in tiny little letters CIS like <laughs> as if like we're not sure if we're a big entity at the moment yet we're still just trying to get things together but we're, we're going to put a little CIS on there so it looks a bit insignificant but yeah the, I just I think they probably just thought well mm, better not kind of go full tilt and design a, a whole new crest or a badge for our team because it might just fall apart and in fact uh, by the end of 92 uh, that that was the end of the CIS basically so um, but yeah um, funnily enough, I, I gen, generally speaking, I like the sort of Soviet Union kits that are red, white, red. There's been a lot of strong Soviet Union kits down the years, I think. Uh, and I don't mind the, the these two the, with, the, with the three blocks coming over both shoulders. Um, but I certainly, I think you're absolutely right, Johnny, that it can upset that very fine balance of colour and uh, how it's used on a kit. And certainly with the, with regards to the France kit, there's a, suddenly you had a lot of red on the shirt. Mm. Um, but also it's worth mentioning, mentioning as well, the, these, um, the, the, as you say, the shadow pattern was more, wasn't so much a shadow pattern as a shiny pattern woven into the fabric of this kind of repeating three stripes because of course they'd lost the three stripes going down the sleeves, I suppose. So they had to get it in somewhere. Oh, still um, on the, still on the socks though, in, which, which again, yeah. didn't, didn't kind of really balance, did it? I don't think it, it no. that looks a little bit like a, not an anomaly, like a by, bygone era brought back in by <laughs> yes. mistake, you know. <laughs> um, I've got I've got three trivia questions for you. All uh, right. Number one, uh, what does CIS actually stand for, or did it stand for? Oh, I just looked this up a minute ago. Oh, <laughs> you have to look it up. Commonwealth, Commonwealth of something, states. isn't it? Oh, there you go. Commonwealth of <laughs> yeah, Commonwealth of Independent States. Yes. Secondly, and this actually just proves what a crap tournament Euro '92 was. Uh, okay, so what was the what was the ball used at Italia '90? Oh God. I'm going to guess it was whatever was used at World Cup 90, which That's would have been an Adidas Etrusco Unico, is that Correct, one? yes. They used exactly yes, the same ball as the, well, as at World Cup really? 90. Yep, and secondly, what was the mascot for Euro 92? <laughs> oh, I know this. <laughs> yeah, because we've done this. I know this. Yes. No so, idea. over to you, John. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Go on, Chris. <laughs> was it Bernie the Rabbit? No, it was, <laughs> was Rabbit. That, was that... Was that was, was, Bernie, was Bernie was the rabbit from '88 because they nicked yeah, the right. same sodding thing as well. This is <laughs> and this is my point. Like they just really phoned it in for this tournament, and and not only that, they didn't. They took its name. They didn't even call him Bernie the rabbit. They called him Rabbit for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, say what you see. I suppose yeah. Sweden did, sort it out. But they did put a football above the uh, for the dot of the eye, which is always a tiny wow. thing in design terms. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, good um, God! Outside of that, of course, we have to mention Denmark, which is the elephant in the room, because of course, the ultimate, you know, the the, the champions at the end of the tournament, late entrance, as we all know, uh, replacing Yugoslavia, um, and yet, and yet, the 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 home and away kits that were used <coughs> by Denmark in that tournament um, really don't seem to have um, fared very well uh, in the fullness of time. I don't think I've met anybody yet that has a good thing to say about them. Um, it's Hummel. So therefore, it's going to have a slightly wacky element to it, and and the late eighties, early nineties was when you were really getting into the the wacky stuff with with uh, Hummel. Uh, how do I even describe the home kit? The red shirt's got a series of sort of zigzag white zigzag panels around the shoulders, shoulders, and a sort of red and white striped sleeve motif. White bases on the sleeve. I'm not even going to try and do the rest of the kit. I'll be here forever just trying to tell you all about all the bits. <coughs> But it's, I guess you could say it's everything that the, um, 88, sorry, the 86 World Cup kit isn't in that it's, it's 
the 86 World Cup kit that Denmark had had lots of different things going on. They had sort of candy stripes and chevrons, blah, blah, blah. And this looks like someone's kind of done that on an Etch-A-Sketch and then given it a good shake because all the bits have gone all over the place. It's, um, I think it's quite an interesting kit, but it does look very of its age and it has, you know, dated very quickly as a result. Um, what comments do we have to say about Denmark's kits? I'll let you go first, John. Okay, Rich, you you know this as an as an RMD fan. Their album Dazzle Ships. Yes, yeah, do you know that one. I Are you aware of the concept yeah. of Dazzle Ships? They were like a World yeah. War Two thing. Yeah, it was, I well, know. It was World War, I thought it was World War One actually. Dazzle was it World War One? Well, when it I look at the been, Denmark, I when I look at the Denmark shirts, that's oh, sorry, the John, John's, John's next, leg is being chewed off. <laughs> John's next door. Kicking off again. Shoot them. Um, <laughs> right. Shoot the dogs. Sorry. No. Let's start that. I, do, do you know what? Every time they bark, that's the thought that goes. I visualise myself as a little. <laughs> anyway, Denmark. Yeah, that's what I get. I get a Dazzle Ships vibe to them. And you look yeah. at them and you think, actually, I can't quite make out what the pattern is. And, you, and it's, it is almost like they, they change the edge of the shirt and the silhouette. And it's very, very difficult. Unless the shirts were laid out in front of you on the floor for you to actually accurately and look at and see what the design was so it's got that kind of vibe to it i think which maybe is, that was I the point think... so you couldn't see whether maybe it was you were away from you <laughs> there's probably some deep psychological meaning to it the other thing i always think about when i look at this now is that hummel you know in the 80s were, were masterful they really really were i think this was the beginning of their downfall when you look at this period mm. i think they really lost their way and they never quite regained that um position that they should have today in football I think, football strips. And I think the funny thing is Hummel almost suffered from that eighty six shirt because it was so um wacky in in effect mm. that anything they did that then wasn't wacky would be labelled as boring and anything that they did as wacky mm. obviously was never going to be as good as the eighty six shirt. So this one is like a clear attempt to be wacky again and it just fails on all fronts to me. Uh, but I have in answer to your your point earlier, Chris, saying that you've never so um not met many people who liked it. We had some responses on Twitter. Um, MC Doug one one by one seventy six or one x one seventy six on Twitter said, uh, without doubt, the Denmark home and away. When we asked what were your favourite kits, and he said, sold the last the home last year to a Dane for one hundred and fifty quid. To which I replied, it was an awful kit. And he said, no, like he certainly was, let's say, different. And then he said, uh, I think I said it was. Awful or something. He said, "Don't say that." I played many a five time, a many a fives match wearing it back in the day, thinking I was the biz. To which I just called him a fool. <laughs> but also, I mean, my I'm going to read out my full comment that I wrote on this so in my full vitriolic swing as I was at the time. I that's just right. People have very fun memories of this kit, a phenomenon I like to call being a twat. This kit is awful. I don't care that they won in it. They could have liberated Kuwait in it and they'd still look like wankers. Denmark's last tournament was Mexico 86 where they looked ace. Most people think they were only allowed into Euro 92 due to U- uh, late due to Yugoslavia being booted out. No, the real reason they nearly didn't make it was because their kit was bollocks. Bacon bastards. <laughs> what a... What do I see? Listen, I take your views on board, Rich, and um, <laughs> and they'll be noted and sent off to the uh, King of Denmark um, and the what, Bacon what Marketing a... Board. <laughs> That's yeah. right, yes. Peter Schmeichel, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, that, what I, I find interesting about this uh, Denmark home kit for Euro '92 is that it's actually um, a flat red colour, which the 
World Cup 86 kit didn't have. So therefore, you could say they were going back to traditional values. It's just all the kind of weird and wacky bits and pieces across the shoulders and the sleeves, and indeed certainly even the shorts as well. A very strange, wide kind of panel going down both sides of the legs. Um, it's, it, yeah, it was a bit too much. Um, well, interest. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, the, the other note, Jay sent quite a few notes when he found out we were doing Euro 92, one of which was just the words Denmark shorts. Now, mm. usefully, Jay didn't actually expand on that. He just literally said Denmark shorts. So, Denmark shorts. Well, you've got, you got this wide red panel on, on both legs, but also like a navy blue bit of trim below mm-hmm. it. And, and also, the, they kind of suddenly spike upwards, if that makes sense. The, the, the trim kind of goes up into a point going up the leg. So it's, and the navy is really, it's really in, in balance with the shirt though, uh, Chris, as well, isn't yeah. there? There's, there's not that expanse of navy on the shirt. There's just a little bit of trim on the collar. No. But what, and what yet, did you know? Mm, sorry. No, go on. I, I was just going to say, I think for me, the thing that kills this shirt is the this, this stripes on the sleeve. I think if they weren't there and mm. they were solid red or white, mm. I think it wouldn't actually be that bad because the rest of it actually does tie in because you've got this kind of almost sort of diagonal, well, I suppose you could call it almost like a lightning flash on each shoulder, mm. uh, this kind of zigzag, which is quite wacky, but... It works if you take the stripes off the thing. It's because the stripes just don't go with anything on the rest of the shirt because you don't have stripes anywhere else. You've got this solid red, as you say, Chris, on on the main bit, and then you've got this sort of shoulder flashes. Now, if you took the stripes off, they'd probably look all right because it would just be one design element. But you've suddenly mm-hmm. they've they've crammed these ridiculous candy stripes at the end of the sleeves, and it just looks stupid. Hmm. And then even then, I don't think the sleeves, looking at that picture there, the sleeves, the candy stripes don't even seem to go to the edge of the sleeves on, on no, the, don't. um, on, certainly on the home shot. On the away shot they do because obviously the, the colours are slightly reversed, it seems. But on the home well, shot, you've still, you've then got another blooming sort of almost white cuff on it and it just looks a mess. Well, I thought the away kit was a direct inverse of the home, but it's not. It's because no. of that detail you just mentioned, the, the, the candy stripes on the sleeve. <clears throat> Don't go all the way down to the cuff on the home shirt, but they do on the away. That's and that's just one detail. But anyway, John, you Although, were going to say something. No, interestingly enough, if you look on, I think some of the replicas of the home shirt actually the, the stripes did go to the cuffs. So again, <laughs> right. it's one of those things where the old dazzle ships effects taking place. The replicas are kind of <laughs> copied what was on the pitch. It's, it's so like you know, <laughs> so all over the place. Yeah, it seems like replicas followed the away kit kind of. Nuances, mm. if you like. Oh, yeah. The italic, the italicized numbers, I quite like on the front. Something a bit different, yeah. but um, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I'm really kind of like I'm fascinated again now by the the history of Denmark kits as to where they went from this because it's a real, yeah, a real t- a real turning point for them and mm. and for Hummel as well, as I said. So yeah, interesting. Actually, do you know what? Do you know what? This is weird. I think that the picture where you've got there chris in in our notes is actually someone's got a shirt on underneath because looking at the rest of it the stripes do go to the end of the sleeves but i think there's there's one person on the pitch where he's got white seemingly white cuffs but they're not i think it's an undershirt so actually they did go so the the away was a replica of uh, sorry a copy of the home well it looks Um, like a lot of them had under oh i see what you mean yeah there's there's a couple of players Yeah, yeah interesting you think you're right I think it's Loudrup. Is it Loudrup that's got? Um, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, that's I got. He, he looks like he's. It looks on one picture. It looks like it's it's a cuff, 
but on the other one you can actually see where it's like sort of a shot down the sleeve. You can actually see it looks like a t-shirt or something under, or a vest or something underneath. Mm-hmm. Oh, there we are. Used the wrong picture as a reference there. I do apologise. It's <laughs> completely thrown us off course. But um, but it just goes to show that on a normal kit, that would have been abundantly obvious that there was an undershirt. But on this kit, there's so much going on that you can't figure out. Yeah, what exactly. Yeah, and it proves. Yeah, I think point. it's louder. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We haven't um, talked about the German kit actually as well. We haven't touched on that. The German. Ugh. What I was going to say is, um, sorry, just before we move move on to Germany, I was just going to say the kit that Denmark had before that tournament, up till 1992, was a Hummel kit, and that was a very kind of sort of subdued looking kit, but very nicely styled. Yeah. It had these white panels down the sides, and um, a little bit of trim here and there. Very nice. And then suddenly it goes wacky for Euro '92, and then after that, in 1994, the next home show, they had this strange kind of artistic interpretation of the of the Hummel chevrons down one side of the shirt in this sort of series of different shades of red and white and all kinds of flashes. So they were definitely on a slippery slope there going into a, a more artistic uh, direction, I would say. But anyway, there it is. Um, Germany, yes. Now, of course, um, the greatest football shirt ever, as we've decided, is the... Uh, the kit that, uh, or the shirt that uh, West Germany wore in the 1990 World Cup. How do you follow that? Well, they've actually, what they did, of course, was they, they took elements of that shirt and transferred it onto their new one for Euro 92, but the, the, the colours of the German flag ended up on the sleeves. Now, I think we talked about this during the 50 Greatest Football Shirts Ever series, and I think the general view, if I remember rightly, was that we weren't so fond of that one, were we? We're not too keen on the Euro 92? <laughs> no, not as I remember. It doesn't, it doesn't quite work as well, does it? No, and yet, of course, if you then think of the kit that they then had after that for, for, for World Cup 94, well, that's yeah. just like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> that's See, just like who's on acid come on own up I utterly despise this Germany kit I think it's awful because <laughs> I think had it have appeared out of nowhere it wouldn't be so bad although again it's got that horrible thick sort of three stripe pin uh, shadow pattern on it which I really don't mm. like just, I think it really makes them look naff uh, but I, I hated the fact they'd broken the ribbon motif of the 90 shirt and it just looked literally like they'd just hacked the middle part out, possibly to put the numbers in and mm-hmm. no other reason. And it just looked, I mean, obviously it's not because of the 91 had a, it, it went down the shirt, whereas mm. these are both, the, these flashes on the sleeves are both at the same height. But it just looked like a really kind of lazy evolution. Uh, it's like they just couldn't think of anything. So oh, I just cut the middle bit out and, and move the thing. Up. And I don't like the neck either. The neck's just overly fussy. And, and, and again, it's that kind of Adidas neck of neck style of the time that I just despised. So I, I loathe this shirt with a passion. I think the neck would have looked better had it not had that extra trim on it as well. Cause it's, it's got the very fine, mm. uh, German flag. Colours on, and I think yeah. was there not a little some other little motif a, on the I think, collar as well? I think it's the yeah, I think it's German the DFB logo. That's right, it is. Yes, oh yeah, yeah it's right. the spiky one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there was something there. Yeah, it doesn't. It almost looks like a. It is very much an evolution of the previous, but it's almost like an evolution by another company, isn't it? It doesn't look, yeah. it hasn't got the kind of yeah. Adidas. I, I don't know if anyone else wore that template because obviously the French and the um, Swedes wore something different and CIS, but this one, yeah, yeah. they and just yet, doesn't seem to do the trick. It's interesting you say that, John, because um, the this is going to be possibly a little bit convoluted, but the shirt that Sweden had 
before the Euro 92 one was a template that was doing the rounds made by Adidas at the time. And what it had was like two stripes on both sleeves that were sort of separated with a gap. Basically, what it looks like is the German Euro 92 shirt, but instead of having black, red, yellow flashes, it was the Sweden kit was yellow with two like a blue, yellow, blue flash on both sleeves. I don't know if this is making sense, but basically it looks like, well, it's not the same template, clearly, but it looks like maybe Adidas went back to that old sort of early 90s template that a lot of teams had. At, for instance, uh, if you think of the World Cup 1990, I think it was Colombia had red shirts with like a yellow, blue, yellow flash on the sleeves. It was that. And it looks yeah. like they've gone back to that template and thought, well, maybe if we tweak it and, and have a more stylized collar, you know, shadow stripes, Adidas shadow stripes, it's almost like they've tried to develop that idea. I see what you mean. It's, it's certainly very reminiscent of it. It's not quite the same. No. I think there was, a, there was another thing with Adidas equipment. Didn't the cut of these shirts appear really different? They were much, yeah. much bigger, weren't they? And I think yeah, even the yeah. seams were different. There was a, a totally different feel to them. And mm-hmm. uh, it, that kind of, it, it was actually, when you look back, it was quite a jumping kit design at the time. Whether it's successful or not is up for debate. But yeah, it does seem to come from that, that theme from the Sweden one from before. Well, yeah. this is also around about the time kits started getting baggier, isn't it? Because it was, it was mm. in the 91 FA Cup final, Spurs introduced their massive shorts. And then kits, say, kit right. shirts generally started getting much bigger. I mean, the funny thing is, you look at, Pictures from certainly the mid to late nineties, uh, and the shirts are giant. <laughs> it's like mm. there's a couple, and there's a few in in the True Colors books. Have you heard of them, John? Um, <laughs> and and the, yeah, we've got, I've got one propping up my desk. Hang on a second. And there's one. I think it's the. It might be a Sunderland one. I think it was the silver one they have. Was that Sunderland one? And it's just giant. It's but where yeah. you've got the pictures before in the actual mm. before the actual all the the illustrations of the kits, and you've got like a picture of a player wearing. It. And it's just just massive. It's like it's, they look like they're drowning in the shirts. Well, I think yeah. it's, it was all part of this idea of making them look bigger as well, wasn't it? It was you know yeah. making players look more intimidating, I guess. But when you look <laughs> back at it now, it, it dates incredibly quickly. So they I look wonder, like I, they look like children wearing adult clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like often Tom wonder Hanks if shirts indeed. if shirts should date. Well, I wonder if that's their purpose that they should be so of their time that when you look back on them in twenty years later, they should look awful. I don't know. It's, yeah. uh, <sighs> and certainly some of these fit that bill, don't they? I mean, the the, the Denmark <laughs> ones. Just briefly going back to them. It's it's difficult to tell whether they're 80s or 90s, the kind of styling of them. Um, mm. So, I don't know, maybe that's their point. Maybe they should date. Um, I realise that um, time is cracking on, so we'll probably need to rattle through the last few, but we haven't mentioned, well, we did mention the CIS, uh, but what I wanted to say was that the their kit they had was a, a complete world away from the one they had before that when um, the CIS sort of thing first came about. They had this really strange uh very kind of late 80s style kit um um and basically it was i say cis i think it was technically there was still the soviet union um just prior to euro 92 and it's a red shirt um with a white band across the middle and all kinds of different patterns going on in white and black you had a bit of checkerboard on one sleeve you had a sort of cross hash cross hatch pattern going on the other so the when this cis kit came along it it was just looked so much fresher and uncluttered by all that stuff. I just wanted to mention that earlier on. We were when we were talking about CIS, um, Netherlands. Um, I don't think we've talked about Netherlands yet, have we? But um, oh, no. basically, their kit they had was the only Lotto 
kit uh, for Euro 92. And it had the white collar with a bit of red, white and blue from the Dutch flag uh, on, on trim on the on the collar and sleeves. And um, a fairly, a, a nice looking kit, but I wouldn't say a classic particularly. And it just seemed to be sort of slightly tweaked. Um, we were talking just before we started recording, actually, that the only difference I could see between the Euro 92 kit and the one that followed was that I think the shadow pattern changed from being the the Lotto logo very big across the shirt in different places in Euro 92 to in in Euro uh, in in the 94 sort of period it went to um the KNVB logo as a shadow pattern and and that was about the only difference I could see I think they tended to try to look like they were trying to keep with the same basic design for as long as they could get away with maybe um, not one of my favourite Dutch kits. In fact, I'd probably like the one they had before that, which was a, an Adidas one with a crossover collar and stuff like that. I think the thing that I didn't like about this uh, is, and, and something that hasn't really changed since, is that it marked the point. It's a very subtle change when you look at it, but it marked the point where they move from a classic orange to a kind of almost, I suppose, what you might call burnt orange, just like a, yeah. a much deeper orange which i've never liked holland in i, I no. like holland to play in what i would regard as classic orange you know the, the sort of if, you, if someone said orange that's the orange you think of whereas they always nowadays tend to play in a sort of really darker orange or in in recent years like in the 2010 world cup almost this kind of fluorescent oh, orange and mm. it's just like just get back to yeah, the like... classic sort of adidas orange. i mean the italian 90 shirt for holland <laughs> is possibly one of the best ones they've ever had I mean, that was the one. I think the picture you've got here is is it's it's almost the same, but that's more like the '86 one um, where they had uh, no collar. But the the Italian '90 shirt for Holland, I would actually say, despite the '88 one being the all-time classic, I would say the Italian '90 Holland shirt is probably the best one they've ever had um, in terms of being pure Holland or Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Jay. I know you're listening, wincing. <laughs> It was more of a tangerine, wasn't it? More of a tangerine shade, I believe. I mean, yeah, the yeah. picture actually, Chris, that you've got up here on the on the sheet is um, you look at the red of the Canon logo, compare it to the orange of the shirt. It's <laughs> it, it's, it's it's that close to being red, really, isn't it? Yes. In many respects. Yes. No, I'd never. I, it's really funny, actually, Rich. It's really weird. I never knew. I couldn't quite put my finger on why I dislike these Lotto shirts so much for for Holland, and I think that is the reason. Is I think yeah. it is that shade of orange. It's so obvious. Mm. I'd missed it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That's it. Um, sort of like a, I prefer the sort of Jaffa orange shade. Yeah, if I can call yeah, it exactly. with, in such a way. Um, well, I mean, essentially, I mean, that's, that's your sort of summary really of, um, of Euro 92. A few other just basic points to, to sum up really. Um, I was quite surprised to find that out of the eight teams that were competing, there were actually only 10 kits worn. It was only the CIS and Denmark that wore an away kit throughout the whole tournament. So not much variation, uh, not, not much of a chance to see Lots of different away kits. Um, and um, as far as the breakdown of kit manufacturers is concerned, Adidas had four, Umbro two, Hummel one, Lotto one. So that shows the dominance of Adidas. Um, Dennis Hurley, a friend of ours uh, on Twitter, a football kit fanatic uh, in his own right, uh, wanted to mention actually just the fact that had Yugoslavia qualified rather than Denmark, they probably would have been wearing a version of the Arsenal template, essentially, that they were wearing at the time. There is um, photographic evidence via sort of adverts that were appearing in magazines of one kind or another at the time uh, that show what the Yugoslavia kit was like back then. And it was basically an Adidas shirt, blue, like a dark blue body with white sleeves. So if you think of the Arsenal kit at the time, 
It was like that, but in blue rather than uh, red. So um, thank you, Dennis, for, for that. That would have been quite a nice kit to see, I think. Well, in, uh, Tom, in Tom Keel also mentioned that. Um, um, hmm. But also Czech, uh, obviously the Czech Republic, Czechoslovakia, as they were at the time, had that kit in red. Yeah. And it's actually a very, very nice kit. Um, I think I've got a version of it in blue that's just like some kind of unknown, you know, German side or something. Mm. But uh, it's, it's very nice, actually. It looks very nice in the dark blue of Yugoslavia as well. Um, yeah. Just one other thing that Tom Tom Keel also mentioned is that he really liked the Scotland kit from that tournament and actually had the full thing for Christmas the, the previous Ooh. year. <laughs> Excellent. Very nice. Very nice. Um, one thing I just mentioned, just an incidental thing. I was what I was looking on YouTube at the game between Denmark and Holland, and what struck me was how you could have effectively a colour clash, and yet both teams had different kits. You had Denmark, I think, in red and red shirts, white shorts, and the Netherlands in white shirts, orange shorts. But from a distance, it was just like a mass of red and white almost, and it was, and it just, it's a funny kind of concept that you can have a color clash even though both teams are wearing different colors i just didn't know how that kind of maybe it was just my eyes that was having difficulty kind of determining one team from the other but i think it shows the value of having a a change kit that has a completely different color set maybe like if i don't know denmark had a a blue away kit that would have worked very well well there's rumors of a blue uh, third kit for denmark and there always seems to be because i've Mm. got one for the euro 96 and i have seen a blue version of um, the Euro 92 one but again it's one of these things whether that's just a shirt that you see like the Holland or the supposed Holland away blue shirt that they had from 88 mm. it's like it's one of these ones where is it actually real or is it just someone's knocked one up you know mm. stick a Denmark badge on it but that I'm, I know the Denmark ones that I've the Denmark one I've got is seemingly a genuine shirt from the time because the badge isn't kind of just, you know, tacked on or anything. It's actually like properly embossed or whatever. Um, and I think the one for uh, 92 is the same. And they also seemingly had a green Denmark shirt for 86. Mm. I've seen that quite a few times. But if, you never know. If, if only we knew whether those were real or not. Yeah. Could. Um, so that's it. So, and just one last word of thanks just to James Wellham, who also sort of uh, asked us to mention the fact that it was the first Euros with World Cup shirts on the front, uh, World Cup shirts on the front, World Cup numbers on the front of the shirts, um, etc. Uh, he said, don't like them, didn't like them then, don't like them now. So there we are. Thank you, James, for, for your input. Um, anyway, that's Euro 92. We must press on. We've got another kit off vote for you but before we come to that let's give you the result of the last one uh, we asked you to pick your favorite of three shirts which are traditionally always on the uh, list of people that are doing these blog posts you know the worst football shirts ever and all that kind of thing uh, we gave you a choice of the coventry third shirt from 76 to 79 the classic chocolate brown one the arsenal bruised banana away shirt from 91 to 93 and the Celtic away shirt from 94 to 95, which was white with yellow and green kind of segments all over it. And I'm very happy to tell you that the winner with 45% of your votes was the Coventry City third shirt, uh, the chocolate brown one. And uh, we got 162 votes, which is the most we've had so far since we started. So thank you, everybody, for taking part. Um, second place with 34% of the votes was the Arsenal away and Celtic came in third with 21% of your votes. So again, a big thank you to all of you uh, who took part in that vote. Uh, Museum of Jerseys uh, on Twitter said uh, it was it should be A by a distance. He said, can't believe that Jay described the lemon yellow on the, on the Celtic shirt as gold. 
Uh, well, yeah, that's that's Jay for you. Um, and Russell Osborne said, it's B for me. I remember being given it given it as an 11-year-old. Uh, I still have it, he says. Needless to say, it doesn't fit, but well looked after. Yes, yeah, so, see, it just goes to show these shirts, they're always slated as being amongst the worst examples, but there's always some redeeming feature about them if you look hard enough. Um, well, this time around, we've got uh, another kit of vote for you, and the theme this time is Forgotten Away Shirts. We've got three for you that you may have forgotten all about completely, or maybe you just uh, haven't seen them for a long time. Rich, maybe you could give our listeners the three options this time. The first one would appear to be a Tottenham shirt uh, in yellow um, with some navy sort of... What the hell would you describe those as? Kind of, I, like des- on. I once described it as being when someone wears a dinner jacket and a bow tie. It's when you untie the bow tie and it's just left <laughs> yeah. dangling over your shoulders. Yeah, it's, it's a giant bow tie. Shirt? Yeah, it yeah. is. It's, it's, it's the Admiral Away. Yeah, yeah, that's Admiral, classic that Admiral Away. That's from seventy-seven to nineteen eighty. Um, wow. Worn usually with blue navy blue away uh, navy blue shorts as well. I, a real classic there. I don't want to sort of influence the voting at this stage. So carry on. What's what's B? B is the Everton Away from nineteen eighty-eight to ninety, which is a kind of uh, it's it's like a sort of silver and white striped affair uh, with a sort of flat looking collar. Um, and the usual NEC and Umbro and Everton logos on there. I I really like that one. I, I remember that. I do actually remember that one from the time. Um, so you know, I don't know if that's just ruined the feature there, but I, but that's because I'm a kit nerd though. Um, but yeah, I I do actually really like that one. And the third one, oh god, yeah, Man City third from 1988 to 99, and this is when sort of uh, a lot of third kits came in and we're using lots of luminous and gross garish colours so this is basically a black and I think luminous yellow I think it is striped shirt uh, with the yeah that's all I'm going to say it's yeah that's yeah look it up if you want to see it it's not nice yeah it's it's yeah it's, it's luminous yellow and black stripes with a little bit of light blue trim, which is kind of a bit odd, but um, mm. but kind of, you know it's a funny sort of kappa way it works in kappa world. It kind of yeah, you know. um, and I think kappa they were world. in the third. Is that, is, that a, is that a theme park, Chris? Kappa world. I'd like to go there. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. Everyone has um, to wear really tight clothes. <laughs> yeah, and and lots of large logos all over your clothing. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, I think, I think I'm right in saying Man City were in the third tier at that time. So it's no, not so much forgotten as just not known about for a lot of people, myself included in many regards, but, um, a distinctive one brother across the middle of the shirt and all that. So, um, there you go. Basically, as ever, what we um, invite you to do is go along to footballattic.com where you'll find uh, the uh, voting mechanism. Choose the one you like. It's a bit of fun. Nothing scientific about this. And uh, we will give you the result on the next podcast. And um, also, if you follow us on Twitter, at uh, Football Attic, you will see also the voting mechanism on there. So we'll just add, add up all the votes and we'll tell you who won next time around. So that's the kit off. Just leaves us to sort of do a bit of tidying up and getting back to giving you some feedback uh, that we've had since the last podcast and some pointers for you. Uh, Jay, I understand that um, classic football shirts have enlisted our help. Jay, are you? Jay, sorry, did I say Jay? Sorry, I mean you did. Uh, Rich. Jay, are you listening? Jay, come in. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, they, they, I, th- I don't know if it's been launched yet, but I think they're planning to basically get lots of people wearing their football shirt while watching. Uh, yeah, wearing a classic shirt, wearing while watching football. I did clarify with them whether they meant you had to be in a match, and they said, "Good God, no! If we did that, we'd hardly get any pictures." <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm not sure if that's been launched yet. So, uh, sort of watch this space on that one. 
Um, okay. Soccer Nomad, Austin Long and, and J.R. Francis. Look at the Premier League 2016-17 kits. That's at soccernomad.wordpress.com. And I, well, I'd, I'd say I appeared on episode 17 of the Design Football Podcast. I did, but we recorded that about three years ago, I think, was it, Jay? You know, took your time. Um, that's finally available, because he bothered getting on with it. Uh, <laughs> that's at acast.com slash the Design Football Podcast. And one of the bit of news, uh, if your name is P. Smith, You've just bought a fake shirt, so and you spent a lot of money on it, um, so you might want to check that out before you pay. Uh, basically, I was alerted to a, an auction for my holy grail of shirts the other day by lovely Malky on Twitter, um, and it was being run by an auction house, which I won't mention. Uh, and it was, I looked at it and thought, mm, not sure that's genuine. It was apparently a, a Burrushaga shirt from the 86 World Cup. And I looked at it and thought, it looks very similar to one of the replicas I've got. And then I checked with a few people in the know who confirmed that it was indeed fake. And not only that, but it's also apparently been sold before. Um, and it's just, and then was returned as a fake and they've just resold it. So if you're P. Smith and happen to be listening to this and you've just bought a shirt for over two grand, I'm afraid you might want to check it out because it ain't real. <laughs> Sorry. Don't say we didn't warn you. Yeah. Yes, there you are. Um, uh, just a final thing from me, really. Um, on the last podcast, I put out an appeal for anybody to basically uh, confirm some details. I was just in the process of illustrating some kits from the 1976-77 season for my Kiplist website. And I was just asking if anybody could confirm specific details about when uh, some of uh, Coventry City and Leicester City's kits were worn. And uh, I just want to say thank you to Andy Rockall, uh, Museum of Jerseys on Twitter, and uh, Chris Guy, uh, Museum of Jerseys is uh, basically Dennis Hurley. Just sorry if I've let, in, uh, let out a big secret there, but I think most of us know. Um, and um, Chris Guy as well, who's a, a, an, an avid QPR fan as well. All three of them uh, responded by sending me some details confirming when the Leicester City red kit was worn and QPR kits were worn. QPR had four kits that season, but we are going to come on to that on a future podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, the Coventry City brown kit. Thank you to all three of you for that and for everybody else who showed an interest and tried to help out. Really appreciate that. Oh, and also Steve Gabb, I think, as well as uh, also on hand, if I remember rightly. Uh, so there's that. And John, you've been busy. You've been um, providing a wonderful service online. This is exactly why Twitter was invented. You have been, correct me if I'm wrong, um, designing avatars for people's Twitter accounts. Is that right? I've done it. Yeah, a couple. I've done it a couple of Mondays. I had a, just a spur of the moment idea, and um, I had a, like a time limit on it. And yeah, I've got loads. I think I've done about nearly ninety, hundred of them. Good since grief. in the two weeks. Yeah, I've still got some to do because. Some cheeky people have been giving me the most impossible ones to illustrate. <laughs> so ones that I haven't already got in my kind of like bank, if you like, I've had to kind of like get the old colouring pens out and do them from fresh. So <laughs> there's still a few to do. I'll do it. I won't. It's not kind of an open offer, but I will do it again soon. I'll do another another Monday special almost. And uh, but it's been really fun. People have been really into it, which is great. Indeed, yes, and um, we'll be telling you how you can follow John. And um, in fact, basically, if you just go onto Twitter, you'll see every other person has now got a wonderful football kit avatar, which looks wonderful. I mean, that's just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's lovely seeing all these sort of kits <laughs> appearing everywhere. You're great decorating Twitter in your own inimitable fashion. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, feedback we got from the last podcast, Ed Carter. Uh, our old friend basically said, I think you should do an entire episode dedicated to the fade, the new horror of the football kit world. I think he's kind of referring to the new 
Nike template that Coventry City, amongst others, is wearing. Um, not sure we'll devote a whole podcast to that, Ed, but um, <laughs> it might be worthy of a bit, bit more discussion. Actually, so, I, I'm starting to see quite a few kits with faded sleeves now. I think it's AC Milan's uh, new away mm. one or third. I can't remember. It's got like weird faded sleeves on it, but I, I like, like fades them. anyway. So. I do. Yeah, yeah. me. It's a natural yeah, progression. Shut up, Ed. Shut up, Ed. <laughs> yeah, surprised we didn't have them, have them earlier. Oh, good. Um, Matthew Comiskey, um, at father underscore Basil on, uh, Twitter in a similar vein said, where does the attic stand on Reading's faded back stripes? Uh, which was also mentioned by Steve Gabb. If you haven't seen the Reading shirt, blue and white sort of, um, hoops, stripes, <coughs> horizontal stripes, call them what you like. But around the back where the shirt number is, they fade away into, into white so that you can see the number properly. I think that's terrific. That's a wonderful can, compromise. Can I, I just point out, we did actually talk about them on the last podcast. Did we do that? Oh, yeah, okay. We covered the Reading shirt and we actually talked about the, the faded stripes because we said that, well, I, I said it was a good compromise between not having a, an ugly back panel but allowing you to keep hoops so rather than having just stripes on the front and having a plain back i said it was a nice compromise where you can actually keep the stripes going but not have you know but obviously still mm. have your number visible so yeah okay, so, so, we did, for... so that's so that's my personal view i, I really like it i think it's an, a really neat way of dealing with the issue of hoops mm. and numbers yeah. brilliant yeah i love them too yeah, so there you go. So if you didn't catch our last podcast, you now know about that particular point. Um, and finally, Austin Long said, hope you guys talk about the Palermo Away kit on the next podcast. Interesting to hear your take in brackets. I love it. And it is a lovely kit. It's a lovely shirt. It's white with a pink and black collar and a sort of pink and black sort of double, what do you call it? Like a sort of twin stripe coming in from one side and the badge on top. But it's a, it's a beautiful execution of white, pink and black, I think. Uh, well done, Joma, on that, is my view. Anyone, uh, any naysayers want to go I, I like it. I think if, you, if you're if seeing Palermo shirts for the first time, I think you'd probably like it more, because uh, Palermo's away kits are often, well, they're pretty much always in this colour scheme and, and hmm. look quite similar, really. They obviously have flashes of black and pink on it, but I think it's a really nice shirt. I think it's a really nice little design. I like the way that the, the sort of the line comes in halfway and then sort of has a nice diagonal cut-up. I think it's a really neat yeah. shirt. Very good. I, I do like it, but it has got one of my biggest bugbears, which is that collar, that neck design that pops up uh, time and time again. It really winds me up. I don't know why, but it does. It's got sort of it's got sort of pink sides and a, and a black. Oh, I don't base, even describe uh, it, Chris. <laughs> I tried to be hang as on, delicate as I could. Let, let me just expand the picture in the notes here, John, so you can see it better. There we go. Oh, look at it. Is... Where's it gone? I've just. I am looking at it. Neck. I've just yeah, seen it. She's not just yeah, pink and black. It's got a, like a gold kind of middle stripe as well. Yeah, yeah, so there is, yeah. Oh, which matches yeah. the gold on the badge. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, I like that. And nice little extra touch there. That's re- actually seeing it bigger. It's it's very nice. Yeah. Note to self: expand the pictures for the next <laughs> podcast. We've yeah, probably thumb, missed out. Thumbnails don't do work. <laughs> I was just going to say my screen's got a little grease pr- thing where my nose has been pressed against it, trying to see the. <laughs> I've just noticed as well. It's got a um, a three D barcode on the bottom of the shirt on the little label. That's not oh, that's vital. Oh, well, let's perhaps let it down a little bit. Um, anyway, <laughs> so that, there you go, Austin. Thank you for that. That's our, our view on the Palermo away shirt. And I think that is pretty much it, uh, except to say thank you very much indeed for listening. Um, you can catch us uh, online. We invite you to give us your thoughts on any of the subjects we've discussed and anything else football kit related as well. Uh, on Twitter, we're at Football Attic, facebook.com forward slash the Football Attic. And of course, the website where you can download the podcast, as you can, in fact, on iTunes. 
which is www.thefootballattic.com. Just look out for the post there where you can download the the latest pods and, of course, take part in the kit-off vote as well. And, John, you can be found online. We urge people to follow you. Uh, Would you be kind enough to give people... The uh, salient details, please. Yeah, it's um, at True. It's on Twitter at True Colors Kits, uh, TrueColorsFootballKits.com, which is going to be revamped very, very soon. Ooh. And email me with any kit questions or anything you want to talk about. John at TrueColorsFootballKits.com, and I'm on Facebook as well, which you better find. Thank you. Fantastic. And of course, it goes without saying that from myself and from Richard. Uh, thank you so much, John, for your time and for, for taking part in the podcast. It's, we, we, we never doubted your greatness, uh, in appearing on our pod and you've been uh, well worth the fiver we paid you. So thank you very much. <laughs> no, thank you. It's always, it's always brilliant being on these podcasts and you, you guys do such a good job. So really grateful. Thank you. Oh, bless you. Bless you. We'll definitely thank have you, you back John. on again. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and that is it. Uh, for this Football Attic Kit Pod. Thank you everyone for listening in and we hope you'll uh, join us again for the next podcast very soon. Until then, from myself, from Rich Johnson and John Devlin, it's goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye.